that sweet aroma I'm bold and beautiful I can hardly wait to taste Early morning Something wonderful Is about to make my day Hey! Give me a good cup of coffee Give me a word that rocks me a whole lot of Jesus and a little caffeine. World waits out the front door. Let it wait just a bit more. Because I need Jesus and a little caffeine. Hello, everybody out there in podcast land, and welcome to another episode of Jesus and Coffee. Amen. My name is Jay Brooks, and I'm your host for this devotional Bible study. I'm a Christian, a husband, a father, and a grandfather. I love Jesus, and I love coffee, hence the name of this broadcast. I have my Bible open in front of me in a nice hot mug of dark roast coffee, so I have everything I need to start my day. This isn't really about coffee, it's all about Jesus. I just drink coffee while I'm doing it, and I happen to love this song by John Waller. My wife and I met him in August of 2017 at a free concert he gave in a church here in New England. We had a nice conversation and he wasn't trying to get rid of us. He was genuinely interested in getting to know us a little bit. Check out his music and if you have a chance to go see him I highly recommend it. He is a good Christian brother who loves Jesus and loves coffee so that makes him my kind of guy. So let's get things started, shall we? Today, I will be reading from the English Standard Version, or ESV for short. I'm going to read John chapter 20, verses 1 through 10. Let's pray and get into the Word. Almighty God, we come to you in the name of Jesus, and we ask you to open our eyes that we may behold wonderful things from your holy Word. Change us with your word because we desperately need to be changed. Speak to us through your word because we desperately need to hear your voice and reveal yourself to us from your word because we desperately need to know you. Amen. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out and with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together. But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying there with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes." The word of the Lord. Amen. Okay, folks, I hope you enjoyed the information I gave you about the skeptics that converted, and I hope it proves useful to you. Now that I have finished that, I'm getting back to the regular format of Jesus and coffee. Amen. 
The resurrection of Christ is the single most important event in all of human history. The empty tomb is quite simply the linchpin that holds all that we believe as Christians together. No empty tomb equals no resurrection equals no Christianity. That is why I did what I did in the last three episodes. In episode 90 of this podcast, when I first read this portion of scripture, I mentioned how odd it would be for someone who was making up a fantastic story such as this to have a woman be the first to find the empty tomb. Mary, like the other disciples, doesn't know what to make of this empty tomb. She thinks the body has been stolen. So she runs to tell Peter and John. Peter and John are astonished and they immediately begin to run to the tomb. John wins the race to the tomb, but stops at the entrance and looks in. I wonder why John stopped at the entrance. Maybe he was scared, or maybe he was shocked. Regardless of the reason, I find it curious that he raced to get there first, and then he stays outside. Peter, however, impetuous, headstrong Peter, has no trepidation and rushes in and has a look around. They both clearly see that the tomb is indeed empty, yet... It isn't empty. The grave clothes are still there. If someone had taken the body, they surely wouldn't have unwrapped it first. Doing so would take time and serve no purpose at all. Not only are the grave clothes left behind, the face cloth has been neatly folded and placed separately from the rest. I find this to be very significant. Taking time to fold up the face cloth shows that there was no urgency to get out of the tomb. I can see in my mind's eye Jesus calmly rising and unwrapping himself or even just passing through the grave clothes the same way he passed through the door to the upper room, leaving the grave clothes lying there where they were. Then he decides to fold up the face cloth and I can almost hear him saying, I will leave this right here for Peter and John when they show up to give them something to think about. All of this is evidence that the body wasn't taken. No reason to do any of this if you are taking the body. If you are taking the body, the longer you stay there, the greater chance of getting caught in the act. The only explanation for the evidence, the evidence that demands a verdict, is Jesus rose from the dead. No one took the body. No, sir. A dead man came back to life, shed his grave clothes, folded the face cloth as if he just took a nap and was making his bed, then he calmly walked away. At this point, I feel I must address the Shroud of Turin. The Shroud is indeed fascinating, and I have spent hours contemplating the image that I so desperately wanted to be an image of the face of my Lord. The author of Hebrews tells us to fix our eyes on Jesus. Don't I need an image to do that? Why would God not leave us something to focus our eyes on? Why didn't Jesus sit for a portrait? The shroud certainly offers an acceptable image, doesn't it? Although Jesus was indeed God in the flesh, I believe God wants us to focus on the spiritual, not the physical. I believe God wants us to focus on who Jesus is, what Jesus did, and the Word itself, not what Jesus looked like. Yes, I desperately wanted the shroud to be the image of my Lord's face so I could contemplate and meditate on it, but John wouldn't allow me to do so. John doesn't allow me to do so. The shroud is one piece of cloth that covered the head and the body of whoever may or may not have been wrapped in it. As John records in his gospel right here, he saw the linen cloths lying there in the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. 
This is clearly describing a separate piece of cloth. Case closed. The shroud of Torah is not the burial cloth of Jesus. We won't see Jesus' face until we go to be with him in the next life. Then verse 8 says that John went in. He saw and believed. This begs the question, what did he believe? I have read commentators who say John was the first to believe that Jesus rose from the dead. I am no Greek scholar, not even close. I depend on others, most of whom are dead, to explain the nuances of the Greek to me. Based solely on what is recorded here, I think John believed that the tomb was empty. He believed what Mary told he and Peter. Verse 9 says, For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. If they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead, how could they believe that he had risen from the dead? No, I think John is clearly telling us he did not believe Jesus was alive at that time. They believed the tomb was empty. That much was clear to them. They were not rejoicing. They were not shouting for joy. They did not go back and tell everyone Jesus was alive. They went back to their homes. No fanfare, no excitement, no celebration. They just went back home. These men, clearly, to me anyway, did not believe Jesus was alive. They were confused. So they went home to think about what they had seen and try to figure out what it meant. No, my friends, the first one to believe, the first one to know that Jesus was alive was Mary. And we will look into that in the next episode of this podcast. Thank you for listening. To Jesus and coffee, amen, and may God richly bless you.